program from uh, Kansas 247 Sports, Scott Chase. And Scott, uh, good afternoon. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing terrific. All right. Let's talk about off the field before we talk about on the field and, and kind of get us up to speed on what's going on. The, I, I guess, I guess, uh, what was it? Roger Marshall has asked the, uh, has asked the, uh, attorney general to take a look at ESPN's potential involvement into Texas and Oklahoma departing the SEC. Is, am I reading that right? Yeah, I think it, you know, I, I personally enjoy, and I use that word sarcastically, uh, <laughs> when politicians try to uh, get involved in the world of sports and do whatever, I guess, to either drum up support in certain areas or, you know, whatever self-serving interests that they can follow. But, yeah, that does appear uh, to be the thing that he's asking, um, I, I guess, them to look into ESPN. And, and of course, Bob Bowlesby kind of uh, through media sort of uh, alleged in a way that ESPN was kind of behind a lot of this um, you know, whether you want to say conference realignment, he kind of threw out an accusation baselessly in that way, or just say behind, you know, maybe the AAC making a run at Big 12 schools, uh, which he claimed there is evidence of. So um, I do think ESPN is involved in this, but yeah, I, I kind of rolled my eyes when I saw that one. I think uh, Roger Marshall probably has bigger things to do in his state than, stop, uh, than to, to start worrying about football. I was going to ask you, uh, what was the feeling and what was the, the the sentiment in and around Lawrence when when Bob Bowlesby sent the letter to ESPN, the cease and desist letter, and it got and it became public, and I think it became public because they wanted it to become public. Yeah, well, it's been quiet in one perspective that Kansas is really kind of I, I don't know if played both sides of this is the right way to put it. But Kansas certainly has not ruffled any feathers with basically any comments, anything behind the scenes, anything that's come from anywhere. You know, look, I think Kansas, like every Big 12 school that is in Oklahoma or Texas, will be realistic and see that the Big 12 is probably going to become a sinking ship. And the last thing you want is to be, you know, the, the team left on it and the, the program that doesn't find a new place. So I, I would expect and I do expect that Kansas has been working through possibilities and trying to figure out what's the best fit, what's the best move, all that stuff. Um, I, I just don't expect to see really any of it become public until maybe it, you know, kind of has to be just from the perspective of, you know, Kansas doesn't want to get involved in a lawsuit. Kansas doesn't want to get involved uh, in upsetting ESPN or upsetting anyone. You know, Kansas may need ESPN. Kansas may need the Big 12. Kansas may need a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, I think for now, the, the company line, so to speak, has been patient. Um, you know, football coach Lance Leipold, the chancellor, Douglas Gerard, each had comments this week that kind of said, you know, it, more or less, this is going to be a conversation for a long time. But, you know, I, I just think Kansas is probably hesitant to ruffle any feathers right now. What's the biggest competition in camp right now for the Jayhawks to keep an eye on? Well, uh, you know, for the football team, I think it's quarterback. And, you know, this quarterback competition is so different than last year's, even though two of the three names are the same. Uh, just because last year, the guy who ended up starting, I think, most of the year was a freshman who didn't have a spring and didn't have a summer because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, you're talking about a 17-year-old who just gets thrown in there behind the worst line in, in college football with, you know, un underperforming units, injuries at running back and, and departures at running back and receiver so, you know, it was so hard to take anything away from last year. Kansas brings in a transfer, North Texas, Jason, uh, Jason Bean. He had 
I want to say 19 touchdowns, five interceptions last year. Some of those were rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, he's maybe the, the perceived leader, but I think Jalen Daniels in his second year gets a real shot to win that quarterback job. Uh, so I think that's the biggest spot going into this year that people are looking at. Scott, you, you mentioned uh, the new coaching staff, or at least a lot of them are, are, are new. Uh, some stayed over from the, the previous staff. But what, and you've been out to practice the last couple of days. What's the difference? I mean, can you, can you see the difference? Can you feel the difference when it comes to, to the practices? Yeah, I think you can. And, and look, I, you know, we all knew coming into this kind of season that the Buffalo staff joining Kansas, that they were more teachers. And, you know, I think we've been able to observe other coverage, other media uh, who had kind of written about those things. And it's funny because now we're writing about those things. But um, that just kind of said the way that Buffalo has had success and the way Kansas, the way that Kansas could have success is through, you know, basically out executing, out teaching, out running its stuff better than the other teams run their stuff. And, you know, it's one thing to hear that and read that and see that. And then it's another thing you know, to, to get to go to practice like we have these last couple of days and like we'll continue to be able to do, which is awesome. Um, and I appreciate them opening it up for media. And to see the, the finer points and details being stressed. You know, Lance Leipold said, and I thought this was really interesting, that on game day, he's less involved in basically coaching and more involved in observing and seeing, you know, are you finishing a play even when it doesn't go well? Uh, are you keeping good body language? What's happening between plays? Are you running to your spot? You're getting off the field, you know, if there's a substitution happening. And those things sound little and meaningless. But, you know, I've covered David Beatty, who, you know, basically promised that there would never be a substitution penalty again after the Jayhawks had one in, like, a bunch of weeks in a row. And the first play of the next game, they came out and had a substitution penalty. So I, I've seen, you know, firsthand what it looks like when coaches don't stress those details. I think that's what this Buffalo staff is about, getting everything right, doing it better than you. And certainly it's worked at Buffalo thus far, and they want to see if it can work at Kansas. How have the players absorbed that, do you think? I think it's been a lot to throw at them. Um, I think they're probably fortunate that they got some Buffalo transfers, six of them, uh, to come over this summer because I think without that, I think this fall camp would be even harder than it is. Um, you still see Lance Leipold running around reminding guys to finish drills where, you know, maybe something didn't go right, so they just stopped because that's how, you know, it's always been. Oh, you know, this didn't go right, I'll reset, I'll do it again. And you see Lance Leipold running in going, no, finish, finish the drill, finish it. And so I think it's still an adjustment, and it'll probably take more than a year to learn uh, or more than a fall camp to learn. It'll probably take a full year. But uh, you can start to see guys figuring it out even on day two. And I think a large credit to that is having the summer with player-led workouts featuring guys who came from Buffalo at different positions, you know, D-line, O-line, linebacker, wide receiver. Uh, I think that stuff really helps a ton just in terms of teaching terminology, the way they want things done, and then maybe some little scheme things here or there. Is it natural to just think that the defense is probably going to be ahead of the offense because of everything that they're trying to learn at one time? Probably so. Uh, you know, they are switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3, but the way Buffalo played its 4-3 and the way Kansas played its 3-4 were awfully similar. So uh, I think, yeah, it's probably a little bit more comfortable scheme-wise. Now, Kansas lost a ton of talent on defense. I mean, you lose three starters to SEC programs via transfer and then lose another cornerback uh, starter to a Pac-12 program. So, you know, that's a, that's a lot of uh, ammunition uh, on that defense down. But at the same time, I'd have to imagine – 
Um, you know, you're teaching, first of all, you're trying to work all these new offensive linemen together, including a couple of transfers uh, who are projected starters. And then also, you know, just working in a scheme, getting guys a new quarterback, getting them familiar with the coach. That transition to me, that, that takes longer than it probably does with the defense. Just at least getting those guys to, to know simple concepts, where to be on each play, and even leaning on the defensive staff, too, for some help with that. Scott, has, has Coach Leipold, has he talked about how he wants to build his roster moving forward? Obviously, he's going to coach the guys that are there now. We get that. But as he builds this roster moving forward, has he talked much about how he wants to go about building that roster? Well, I think he has. And I think one thing that has been important to him is building locally. You know, that's something that Kansas did not do a good job of under David Beatty. One of his ideas was that they, you know, Kansas wouldn't offer kids and, you know, hype it up early because they didn't want them to get discovered by other schools. And, of course, kind of what ended up happening is other schools found the kids anyway, offered them early, and then took them all out of the state. Uh, You know, I think Les Miles worked to repair some of those relationships. It was a little early still, but, you know, that KU staff could have done more locally and I think that the new KU staff has empowered Jake Schoonover. He's one of their assistants. He's, you know, has ties to the Kansas City area. And you saw it through recruiting camps this summer. You know, the first two were very modestly attended. They were small. They didn't have, uh, you know, a, a big group of prospects or notable guys, maybe a couple at each. Uh, but the, by the time the last one rolled around, they had more than 250 kids pre-enrolled for the camp more than a dozen probably Power 5 players, if not more, you know, who were like a year away from the Power 5 ranks at the camp. Um, And you just see the relationships that Jake Schoonover has with all these local coaches and players. And now these guys are starting to visit. I mean, Kansas had a a weekend visit barbecue kind of deal that was just for local guys, basically. And they brought in a a big group, including a couple of four-star guys in the state. So I think that's a priority. It's starting locally. Now, there will be other areas they hit. You know, they want to go up in the Midwest up to Michigan, you know, all the way up maybe to and through Michigan. Uh, You know, they've hit Florida a little bit. They still hit SEC country a little bit. But I I think they want to start with that base being local and really hitting the Kansas City and St. Louis areas. I think those are two areas they really want to have, you know, kind of a bigger recruiting pull in. Is it fair to say that Jayhawk fans are just looking for some stability in the football program right now? I think it is, and – Quite frankly, I mean, that's that's what Lance Leipold is. I mean, the guy mentioned coaching continuity about a billion times at his press conference. We heard uh, introductory press conference. We heard from quarterbacks coach Jim uh, Zabrowski today, and he said he feels bad for the KU guys who have had all these different position coaches, head coaches. You know, Miles Kendrick started at Kansas in 2018. He's had four different head coaches in four seasons, counting, you know, Emmett Jones having the chance to coach an entire spring. Normally I wouldn't count an interim coach, but Emmett Jones literally coached an entire spring season. You have David Beatty coaching him in his first year, Les Miles for two years, not to mention Les Miles had four different offensive coordinators, and now a new guy in Lance Leipold comes comes in. But I think the beauty for the players with this Lance Leipold staff, Lance Leipold's defensive coordinator, Brian Borland, has been with him every year of his head coaching career, 14 years. And his offensive coordinator, Andy Kotelnicki, has been with him eight years, which not only encompasses his entire time at Buffalo, but both of them go back to Wisconsin-Whitewater when he was coaching there. And, and you know, you don't see that continuity that much with college football staff. Uh, I think that's been a priority of Lance Leipold. I think that word loyalty is really important. And I think he knows that when guys leave, he would rather replace them with analysts, with guys already in the program, as compared to just going out and getting a guy that might be a bit of a more awkward fit. 
So I think from that perspective, um, I think that's something players are excited about, and I think that's something Lance Leipold has really preached. Hey, uh, Scott, what are you working on for uh, Kansas uh, 247 Sports? Well, it's a ton of fall camp stuff. Today was quarterback's day, so already a few uh, stories up on them, and, and we'll continue to have more throughout the week. Hey, man, we appreciate your time, and thanks so much for being with us today. Talk to you soon. Scott Jason from Kansas247sports.com.